welcome to our viewers and listeners to the Sandra Day O'Connor Institute Emerging Leaders Network Civics for Life podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Vermont Governor Phil Scott. Uh, Governor, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thanks very much for having me on, Jonathan. Uh, Governor Scott, you are you were elected governor of Vermont in 2016 with 52% of the vote, and then you were re-elected by an even wider margin in 2018. Before that, you were a lieutenant governor of Vermont, and before that, a state senator for 10 years. So thank you again for joining our program. Well, thanks again uh, for having me on. Yeah, we have two-year terms here in Vermont, uh, as well as in New Hampshire, so we, uh, we run for office quite often. Yeah, seems to be, and you have a fairly large uh, state legislature too, just like New Hampshire. Not as big as New Hampshire. We have 150 members in the House and uh, 30 in the Senate. Okay, very good. Well, our first question is, how were you able to win election in the first place as a Republican in Vermont, heavily blue state? What do you think was the key to your cross-party appeal? And what has your tenure been like so far? You know, it's an interesting question because I get asked that a lot uh, throughout the country because we're known as a very... Uh, or a very blue state, and uh, and having a Republican uh, as governor is fairly unique. I'm the only statewide Republican office holder in the state. Uh, the majority in the uh, the Senate and the House are are Democrats as well. So, um, I, I you know I think Vermont is a little bit different in some respects. Uh, very small. Uh, they get to know you. It's up up close and personal. Um, they have to. Uh, appreciate what you stand for. They have to trust you. They have to know you. And uh, in some respects, it's like being uh, a mayor of a of a mid-sized city, uh, uh -huh. if you can imagine that, because uh, we have 626,000 people in the state. I've uh, lived here my entire life thus far, had a business here, a successful stock car racer, um, and uh, then got into politics. So They've had the opportunity, uh, again, to get to know me. I'm blue collar, uh, came from a blue collar community uh, of Barrie, uh, surrounded by uh, the economy of, uh, of uh, the granite industry. Uh, so, uh, so I grew up uh, with, a, with a family of uh, modest means and, and, uh, and I think it does build your foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent, so do you think there's any common thread that links you and other what I would call crossover governors. You have Republican Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, Larry Hogan in Maryland, or even Steve Bullock in Montana. Is there, what do you think America can learn from folks like you who have managed to reach across the aisle? Well, I think you have to be yourself, uh, first of all, and, uh, and be comfortable with that. And I'm very comfortable with that. I, I didn't run for office to satisfy my ego or to attain power. Uh, I actually ran for office because I, I thought we were in need of something, uh, and I believe that it was a focus on the economy. I think that's the common thread you'll find with uh, Governor Baker, Governor Hogan, and even uh, Governor uh, Bullock, uh, that we, we do appreciate a, a thriving economy. Uh, fairly moderate on uh, social issues. Uh, we, uh, we're a very independent state. We like our freedom. We're very compassionate in some respects. Uh, but. Uh, you know, when you go back, we're industrious, uh, we're hardworking, and and I think that Vermonters appreciate that. Again, when they get to know you, trust you, uh, and uh, and you follow through on your on your commitment, and be able to uh, admit when you're wrong, uh, because uh, mm -hmm. 
know, I make mistakes every day, and and I uh, and I'll admit when I when I'm wrong about something, and I think the honesty is something people appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can definitely see that. And so you mentioned social issues just briefly. Have you had any kind of tension with the National Republican Party uh, because of your stance on some of the social issues? Well, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, in uh, a lot of respects, I believe. Uh, like take the Republican Governors Association, for instance. Um, I attend uh, uh, many of their meetings. Um, <clears throat> they've helped me along the way uh, become elected. Uh, and they, again, they just want to get you elected. So they don't get involved with trying to to uh, cater or, or tailor your message uh, to your constituents. Uh, they're just trying to allow you to be you and let them get to know you. And, and I think that that's, uh, that's, that's meaningful from my perspective. I get pushback uh, from the, the more conservative members of the party, um, both, uh, both here in Vermont and nationally. I mean, that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but again, I try and do things, uh, the, I do things uh, that I feel are right. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the bottom line for me is uh, if, I'm, uh, if I'm comfortable and I can wake up the next day and look myself in the mirror and think that I did the right thing for the right reasons, uh, I'll live with the consequences. I, I don't have to be governor. Uh, I want to be governor, mm. and I think we're doing a pretty good job uh, here with my team, uh, but uh, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. I, I mean, it's not worth sacrificing my integrity uh, to be something I'm not. Right, right. So speaking of uh, kind of looking yourself in the mirror in the morning and, and making change, do you think that running for office is the best way to make change? You know, do you think that is a better path for someone who wants to get involved than just working for a government agency or working for an advocacy organization or a think tank or a university or any of the other options? I think you have to find what suits you yourself. Uh, certainly can make a difference in all of those sectors. Uh, and, and getting involved is the most important part uh, because you know, I may be governor now, but uh, but I'm not under the illusion that I'm doing this all by myself. I uh, I believe in a team concept, and I've been successful in in politics. I've been successful in business. I've been successful on the racetrack, uh, and it's not because of my talent. It's because of my ability to surround myself with good people, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I I talk about this a lot. I, I think there's uh, there's four C's uh, to to uh, building my team. Uh, you know, I want my team uh, members uh, to have uh, uh, integrity. Uh, uh, they, have to, uh, um, they have to be committed, they have to be competent, uh, and, they have to be, uh, and they have to have the right chemistry uh, to fit in with, with the group. Uh, mm-hmm. So character being the, the most important part, the first C. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, uh, they don't get much further uh, from my perspective if they don't have character and integrity. Right. So what are the other C's? I haven't heard your some speech oh, before. Well, <laughs> the, the character is the first. Mm-hmm. Competence is the second, you know, in the area that I'm I'm asking them to, to serve. A commitment to the tough road ahead, commitment to my vision. Uh, I think that that's, uh, that's important as well. Uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a nine to five job, uh, but the fourth C is that chemistry. And we see it, whether it's in, in business, in the, in the boardroom, and uh, in, in, uh, on the on the field and in, in, in sports, uh, you can have all the uh, you can have all the talent in the world on your team, uh, and you'll never arrive at success if you don't have the right chemistry. Uh, and right. I think 
that it's just a gut feeling they have about building a team. So again, uh, making sure that you give credit where credit's due, uh, surrounding yourself with good people, uh, and not uh, be under the illusion. Uh, don't believe your own magic. You know, it's uh, it's not all about you. It's about uh, what you bring to, together and what you can bring uh, when you uh, when you have common goals. Mm -hmm. Excellent. What policy areas or other uh, leadership experience that you had do you think Vermont uh, has to teach the rest of the country? Well, again, I, we, you know, our motto is uh, freedom and unity and, uh, and freedom independence is, uh, is something that's important to, to Vermonters. Um, you have to be, uh, you, you have to have self-responsibility. Um, you, you have to be, again, that independence comes through. And, uh, and I think that that's important. I, I also try and promote <coughs> civility and respect. Uh, we may not agree, uh, we probably won't agree on every issue. Uh, but I try and take the time to listen uh, to others, regardless of their perspective, because I can learn something from you. I learn something every day, and uh, and I think it's important to listen and and do so uh, and uh, with with respect, uh, because we have to. If we lose that, uh, which you know we're in danger of throughout our country, uh, I see uh, that the lack of respect, the lack of civility, this partisan divide. Uh, grows deeper and deeper. Uh, it's a, 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 about the next election. It's about us versus them, and mm -hmm. uh, and I think that there's always ways to work, ways to work together. And I've made my uh, my life on that uh, aspect, trying to to find uh, common uh, common interests, common goals, and then <clears throat> work to try and succeed together. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a great segue into my next question. Is is the question of civility versus toxicity in public discourse. It seems like that is on the rise. And so what do you think we can do about it when that seems to get people riled up and engaged? You know, the negative ads are effective. So what, what's our best response to that? Here at the O'Connor Institute, we are heavily invested in promoting civil discourse. Yeah, act appropriately yourself, you know. Think about who's watching you, be a better role model. I. I I've seen that again. I have many young fans uh, as a stock car racer in my life, and I know they want to be just like me. And and I have a responsibility uh, to act appropriately uh, because if they want to be just like me, I don't want them uh, to have that toxicity. Uh, I want them to to be respectful and civil. Mm -hmm. And I've never run a negative campaign in my entire life. We've run every two years. I've run. I've been in the office now for 20 years, 10 elections. Never ever once have run a negative ad. I try and <clears throat> uh, talk about what I bring to the table, uh, rather what my opponents cannot. And mm -hmm. I think that's important to do. Um, you know, it, it would be unfortunate um, to lose an election uh, due to a negative ad. And, and I've had mm -hmm. a number of them over the years uh, run against me with negative ads. Um, and, uh, and my biggest disappointment would have been to lose uh, due to that, uh, not telling the truth. And uh, but fortunately, uh, I've been able to persevere. Uh, I think it's a lesson for many uh, that, uh, that you can win. You can win with a positive message. You can win when, uh, when, you, uh, uh, when you're above board. Uh, and just, again, talk about what you can do, what you bring to the table, or rather what your opponent cannot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So that that leads to, again, our next question of, of 
recommendations you have for younger people. Be a role model. Be the be the bigger person. Uh, sounds like that would be one of one of your recommendations. But are what else would you say to the next generation who wants to get involved in in public service but maybe doesn't know where to start? Yeah. Well, I, again, I, I don't I don't think it can be overstated how important it is uh, to be a role model. Um, because regardless of your age, uh, I, from from the youngest to the oldest, it's never too late uh, to be a better person. And mm -hmm. it's never too late uh, to recognize that somebody, somebody's watching you and wants to be just like you. So just remind yourself of that uh, each and every day uh, as well. Just get involved. Uh, there are so many opportunities uh, to get involved. Find what suits you. Uh, run for office if you can, your local um, uh, school board, uh, zoning board, great start. I went to our town meeting uh, last March and uh, went to the ballot and, and saw that there were many, many uncontested races, as well as many open uh, open ballots uh, that there were there weren't there wasn't anyone uh, running for the office being being listed which is really, really unfortunate. So um, I think uh, there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, but again, take the time to, you don't have all the answers. You're never going to have all the answers, uh, but you can, uh, you can learn uh, again from, from one another and, and take that next step. doesn't mean you have to lose yourself, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, but just, just recognize that uh, you, you can evolve. You can change. Your, your positions might change as well. Uh, mm -hmm. with that education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the running for local office, things like school board. I've talked to a number of people who've said things like, I could never run for office. I don't want to put my family through that. You know, my entire life will be under the microscope and it's so nasty out there. Uh, you know, do you, I, I ran for office here in Arizona and that didn't happen to me, but I was running for kind of more obscure position. So do you think that's uh, a legitimate concern? What would you say to those folks? Well, it has become, uh, you know, a legitimate concern in some respects in some offices, uh, mm -hmm. especially as you progress and move uh, up, the, up the, the food chain, so to speak. Right. right. Uh, I think it's, it's unfortunate, uh, but, uh, but you can't succumb to that. Don't don't allow yourself to get down in the gutter with them. Mm -hmm. uh, act uh, act like you, you want your kids to act, or act like uh, you, do the things that you perceive yourself uh, to be, and uh, and I think you'll be okay. And mm -hmm. and know uh, that uh, the the sun will rise the next day, regardless right. of the outcome of the election, and you can learn from that as well. Run for office again, but but don't. Uh, don't let that deter you, uh, but, mm -hmm. but you have to be, but you have to be uh, wary of that uh, because it uh, it can be used against you. Um, you have to let it, uh, let it like Teflon, let it slide off you, mm -hmm. and and then move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about concerns that uh, you know? You hear this sometimes of my vote won't make a difference, or all the parties are owned by corporate interests or special interests, and. So it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, this kind of cynical view. Uh, what what is your response to those folks too? You know, I've seen many many legislative races, in particular mm -hmm. uh, in our state, uh, won or lost by one vote, uh, not just one, uh, but a dozen uh, over the last number of years. Yeah. 
So it happens, especially with a with a low turnout, because if there's, a, there's apathy, uh, if you don't feel your vote doesn't count, it won't count uh, because right. you're not there. Right. Uh, we all have a responsibility to step up and, and exercise that right, uh, because uh, if we don't, uh, then uh, th then uh, the, the outcome will be just as you perceive it to be, and, and you won't have uh, the candidate you want, and you don't exercise your voice and your right, and uh, and at that point, uh, it's all for nothing. So, uh, you know, instead of, uh, I, I ran for office uh, 20 years ago, I wasn't political by nature whatsoever. I had no interest in politics. Uh, there are many days I, I wake up with that same feeling, by the way. <laughs> I, I just, I just found myself complaining about what they then were doing uh, in right. the legislature. And uh, finally, uh, again, I looked myself in the mirror and thought, you know, instead of complaining, why I should step up, I should add my voice, my perspective. They just don't understand. Maybe maybe I should explain it to them. Mm -hmm. And I made for office. And I think that, that was, uh, again, a valuable, valuable experience uh, as well as it, uh, it reinforced the fact that you can make a difference, even if you're in the minority. I've never served in the majority uh, ever uh, in my wow. life, uh, but I've always been able to accomplish things uh, by reaching across the aisle, finding common ground, and again, treating others with respect and civility. I do it on the racetrack, and, and I, uh, I become a, you know, a successful driver, won a lot of races in my time. Uh, but uh, but I'm a clean driver, and uh, and uh, uh, so uh, you get what you give, and and I believe that uh, that I've uh, I've received uh, some lifts over the years uh, because of the way I treat others. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about your racing career, and and uh, that seems to have really affected kind of the way you look at things. Yeah, you wouldn't think uh, that racing was uh, popular in a state like Vermont, but it's uh, it's very popular. It's one of the highest attended events, uh, sporting events in the state. Wow. Uh, and uh, I grew up in a small blue-collar community. My mom used to bring uh, myself and my two brothers uh, to the racetrack. Uh, my dad was a, a disabled uh, World War II vet. I was doubling up your teeth, so he couldn't go. And my mom used to bring us on Thursday nights. And... Uh, and it did have a lasting effect on me, uh, as well as my, my mom's the big race fan. She still is, mm -hmm. uh, lives uh, near Daytona uh, in uh, Florida. And she oh, wow. moved specifically because of the racetrack. <laughs> uh, so uh, so it's it's literally in my, uh, my DNA. Uh, and unfortunately, my dad uh, passed away when I was 11. Uh, oh, wow. But I, my interest in, uh, in r racing uh, continued. And I think that, uh, that again, it kept me out of trouble. Uh, I could have mm. gone down a different path. But when I was 15 or 16, I started working on racers. I couldn't afford to, to, to race myself, uh, although that's what I wanted to do. But I mm. found a way to, to, uh, to insert myself. And, uh, and I, got, uh, I got, went in on the ground floor and worked on race cars for a number of years before I had finally uh, had the, uh, enough money so I could race myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any other governors with that background. <laughs> well, I still race, by the way. I'm the only governor in the United States. Wow. That races. Um, in fact, it was a couple of weeks ago that I, I won a race. Um, it was my <laughs> oh, first, nice. first, first victory on this one track that I race at, a place called Thunder Road. And uh, so, 
it was uh, it was a great uh, a great win, uh, and I've won twice now as governor. So I can uh, I think I can honestly say that I'm I'm one of the fastest governors in the in the country. Sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> so looking forward, in terms of um, I'll split this into two questions. So the year 2040 is when most millennials will have presumably reached the peak of their career. So what do you want your personal legacy to be like in year 2040? And and what do you want the country to be like in that year? Yeah. You know, I've thought about this a lot. And, uh, and uh, I hope, I hope uh, in 20 years uh, that, uh, that we aren't talking about racism, um, that uh, mm-hmm. we're actually accepting each other for who we are, uh, that we're on equal ground and uh, and we all have uh, the ability to do what we want uh, and so I hope that that's not part of the dialogue uh, at that point um, I hope uh, that we uh, we learn how to become independent uh, you know again it's important to uh, to me as a Vermonter uh, this uh, independence uh, is important uh, mm-hmm. but energy and independence is important as well uh, not to be reliant on on foreign oil and uh, and and doing more ourselves to, to with solar and uh, new technology, uh, so that we can uh, be self-reliant. So I think this uh, the future is exciting. Um, it's uh, concerning at the same time uh, when I see what's happening again with a lack of uh, respect and civility and the polarization that really is uh, is concerning. We, mm-hmm. we yeah. We are, 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 I think we're, it's becoming more and more dangerous uh, in our country. And I believe that, uh, again, we have a responsibility, each and every one of us, uh, to act differently uh, and not to incite that, uh, but to actually to rise above it and uh, right. to do it differently. Right. Right. You mentioned polarization. Some uh, studies have shown that almost half of all millennials now are registered independents. They're, they're rejecting both of the traditional parties, partially, uh, at least because of, of that sense that, that they move too far to the extremes or they don't work for them or they're not focused on solutions. What do you think about the, the future of the, the two parties? Um, you know, I think a two-party system is still important. Uh, and I understand the, the becoming an independent. Uh, but... Uh, in small states like Vermont, it's it's easier. Uh, again, six hundred twenty-five thousand people mm-hmm. uh, get to know your candidates. Uh, but there are some areas where you have millions of people. Uh, very difficult to get to know them uh, and right. really really get to know them. And so you have to rely on on some means to separate. You know who you are versus who, who what they want. Um, and so. I think it's still important, but uh, but I certainly understand uh, becoming in, independent, and hopefully, uh, again, we can uh, we can come to a point where uh, it, uh, it we can stand for something. Uh, we can have our own policies, our own thoughts, our own beliefs, um, but uh, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't have to get as nasty as it does in, in these uh, in these times. Right. Right. Now, our last question is about our founder, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. So what do you think was Justice O'Connor's role in American history and legacy, and, and what can we learn from, from her example? Well, again, I think uh, it can't, uh, can't be uh, um, 
overstated uh, the importance of, uh, of her appointment. Uh, it was by President Reagan, uh, appointed the first woman uh, to, the, to the court. Uh, and I think that that was a monumental uh, moment uh, and something that, again, I come from a family of uh, a strong women uh, in my, uh, my mom and my aunts, uh, very, uh, very strong in their beliefs, uh, in their actions. And, uh, and I've, uh, I've tried to, uh, that broke the, the, the glass ceiling uh, in a lot of respects. And I've tried to do the same uh, here in Vermont. And I'm very proud of, uh, of a number of steps we've taken. Uh, we're about, I uh, have about 50-50 in my uh, extended cabinet, uh, uh, in male versus female uh, as well. I appointed, uh, I appointed my first uh, appointment uh, to the Supreme Court here in Vermont. I appointed uh, a female justice, uh, which, which uh, was the third of five. Uh, so uh, there's, uh, there's the majority of the, uh, the uh, bench is made up of females in Vermont on uh, the Supreme Court. So very proud of that fact. Uh, and again, hopefully uh, in 2040, uh, we are, we're not talking about this issue either. It'll just be commonplace. It won't be, it won't be an issue. It'll just be something that, uh, that we practice each and every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a great vision that we can all hope for and work toward. Uh, so thank you so much, Governor Scott, for joining us on the program today. Uh, so appreciate your time and, and you're a great role model for, for anyone looking to get into public service. So thanks for all you do. Well, thanks very much. And thanks for the Institute uh, for highlighting this issue, uh, as well as uh, just understanding uh, that we have a long ways to go. And we, the, the good news is uh, it's, in, it's in our control. Uh, we, can, we can do something about this. Um, we have to, uh, again, uh, act appropriately ourselves. So thanks for being a role model yourself. Thank you. And to our listeners, be sure to check us out and subscribe to our podcast if you're not already subscribed at O'ConnorELN.org. Thanks again, Governor.